there's a fine line between being resilient and being like, oh, you can do it all, you know, and you can do all these things. Because I think that there are a lot of times where I consistently, there's a lot that I'm juggling as is, and it's about kind of evaluating, okay, where should I pull back for, for myself, you know, in order to remain resilient, to have that strength. Hubby co-founders Emily DiDonato and Christina Garcia once believed that healthy skin required a multi-step routine and an arsenal of products. But no matter how much they researched or how many products they tried, they still had unanswered questions. To develop their simplified skincare routine for everyone, they first leaned on expert dermatologists and found products that worked for their own skin. You're about to hear how Emily and Christina have maintained their friendship as a priority throughout being business partners, what sets Covey apart from other skincare brands, and how choosing the right partners can be the key to success. Coming up, how Emily and Christina's complementary skill sets make them the perfect pair, what balancing being a co-founder and a full-time employee really looks like. Emily and Christina share how Covey takes the guesswork out of a skincare routine how they have seen success with user-generated content in their marketing campaigns, and finally, why momentum is so pivotal in business. This is the Entrepreneurista Podcast, presented by Socialfly. It's the best business meeting you'll ever have with must-hear real-life looks at how leading women in business are getting it done. And what it takes to build and grow a successful company. It's beyond the gram. With no filters, no limits, and plenty of surprises. and Christina, I am so excited to finally sit down with the two of you to chat all about your entrepreneurista journey. And there is nothing Courtney and I love more than chatting with other co-founders who are best friends in business, because we know it is something that is not very common. And people are always asking us, how do you make it work? So we have so many questions for you and cannot wait to share your journey. So thanks so much for being here with us today. Gosh, we, we are so excited. Like you said, you know, especially because of your background with Entreprenista and Social Fly being two women and being best friends, there's just, there's so much alignment between our two businesses. So we're really excited. So I would love to start by hearing from you, Emily, first. How did you and Christina meet? What is your background of how you connected? And then what made you decide to go into business together? Yeah. So Christina and I actually met through our husbands. So Christina's husband and my husband, they all went to college together. And then our husbands introduced us and we hit it off very quickly, became fast friends. Um, And then in terms of Covey, we started working on Covey over three years ago. You know, one of the first things that Christina and I bonded over was skincare. We both were total junkies. We always revisit a trip that we took to Iceland together. We both had just massive toiletry bags full of products. And we were like, what are you using? What are you using? What's working for you? What's working for you? We both realized that we loved beauty and skincare so much. I mean, I've been a model for over 10 years. My skin is my life and my job, but I genuinely didn't know what I was doing when it came to a routine. I didn't know what products I needed. I didn't know if they worked together. I did not know the order. And I would get torn apart on my social platforms when I would share my routines because people would be like, 
this is so crazy. Like this isn't how you're supposed to combine products, et cetera, et cetera. But it really was something that Christine and I bonded over. We were both kind of like, hey, we both don't know what we're doing. Let's kind of dive into this together. And we realized that people shared the exact same issues that we were having in terms of feeling confused, overwhelmed, and not sure how to create a skincare routine, which is why we created Covey, a simple, effective three-step routine that was formulated to be used together. So that's kind of how it came to be with lots of things in between. Yeah, and I mean, I think to your point, Stephanie, like, you know, Emily and I, we started out as best friends. That was our foundation. And we had this shared challenge around skincare. But I think for us deciding to go into business together, I think that her and I, we have such complementary skill sets. You know, Emily is incredibly creative. She's amazing at creating content. She knows how to make a splash when it comes to social, which is just so critical for businesses nowadays. Um, and I am uh, an OCD, crazy project management person. So especially when it comes to like starting a skincare line, you have to be really good on like kind of project managing product obviously is the most important thing. So that was kind of my forte. And then really the branding and the creative, Emily is amazing at that. So it was kind of like, hey, we're best friends, but we also have, it's kind of yin and yang that'll work really well for business. Talk to us about the process of deciding to go into business together. So I know you became quick friends and bonded over your love of skincare, which actually reminds me uh, of my story with Stephanie. We bonded over our love of social media. Uh, but did you sit down and have talks about, okay, you're going to be responsible for this. I'm going to be responsible for this. And how did you go about planning and having these conversations? Yeah. I mean, I think first, first of all, before we even kind of got into any of that, like I said, Emily and I, I think it's very hard for women in general as adults to find female friendships. So we kind of also set the stage to be like, at the end of the day, what is most important to us is our friendship and making sure that we hold that sacred. Um, but then I think in terms of, you know, actually being like, okay, we're committing to starting this business together. We were, I think, very methodical and thoughtful and organized about, okay, this is what we need to do. This is what you're going to own. This is what I'm going to own. And I think also we we had to, I, we were already very like candid with each other, but I think when you're best friends and you run a business together, we get asked all the time, like, it's almost like family, like how do you avoid issues? And I'm like, the, the, the radical candor that we do have with one another is at another level because our lives are intertwined in every possible way. So I think that if one of us is stressed and it's due to a, the business that we both work on, like we're very transparent about that. We're very transparent about, hey, I'm not feeling great about this or I'm not feeling confident about this. And so I think it allows us to really be each other's cheerleaders and function successfully in a business and as best friends. Yeah. I mean, just to build off that a little bit, we definitely did have like a very clear conversation. Like these are your responsibilities and these are your responsibilities, but also that's a conversation that continues to mm -hmm. evolve. I'm sure the two of you understand that like your business changes, it grows. Like you realize, Hey, maybe you're better at this, or maybe you should own actually be owning this alley. So it's like, yes, have that conversation up front, but continue to be like, Hey, I actually think I'm better at this or should be doing this or shouldn't be doing this, or I don't thrive in this space. Like, I feel like we've had that type of conversation, which is important to like, keep that door open. 
Now, when you started this business, you were both doing other things and share with us, are you still both working full-time on other ventures and doing this on the side, or is this now your full-time for both of you? So I do work full-time on Covey, but I also am still a model and I'm also a content creator slash influencer. So I'm on Covey, but, and then I'm also pregnant right now, so I'm not really modeling. And then in terms of content creation though, and influencing and all of that, I still do that, which is nice because it actually kind of helps the business. I learn a lot in terms of like what other brands are doing and what they're working on, how they're structuring things, um, which is nice for us. Cause sometimes I can bring it back to the team and be like, Hey, this is how this person's doing this. Like we should do this. <laughs> Yeah, and I am uh, I am still full time at, at my day job at Google, so I only have a small twitch in my right eye. Um, but I think you know, for for me, uh, we with Google, I've been there for over twelve years. I've built an incredible brand there. Um, we've got incredible leaders over there that are actually very supportive of Covey. They know about Covey. It's also allowed me to kind of stay really up to date when it comes to uh, digital marketing. And we did kind of bring on a chief growth officer on our side, and we have an associate as well. So I kind of have the support that I need. And of course, as the business continues to grow and gets more complex and needs more of my time, then you know I will make that decision to leave. And how did you approach product development? Mm, how yes. did you, what was the process? How did you figure out how to make skincare products? <laughs> it was a very long process. I mean, it took us over three years to create our three products, three years, two different labs and many late nights in Google Sheets and doing a ton of research on our own time. We also partnered with the dermatologist, Dr. Julie Rusak, who's here in New York. So she really helped us identify the key products and make sure we were using ingredients that were backed by the latest research and science. So with a combination of ourselves, our own like down and dirty research, Dr. Rusak and the lab that we partnered with, we really figured out like, what are these three core essential products with gentle but effective ingredients that people can use across all skin types. So the, the thing is we also tested the products in over 150 different people before we launched, which was another reason why it took so long for us to get to market because when someone would come back and be like, this isn't working for me or it, it caused irritation or I'm actually allergic to this ingredient. I mean, it only informed us further, but it like definitely took, made things take much, much longer. And we're, we'll continue to have that same kind of format going forward with our products because We've gotten great reviews so far. So many people have loved it. And we always are like, it was worth it that we really took that time and energy and space to perfect the products. For our entrepreneurs that are thinking about starting a beauty business or skincare business, is it typical for product development to take three years? Like what should they expect? I mean, I, I definitely think product development, it might've been a, a little bit longer for us. I mean, we held ourselves to very high expectations. We wanted to make sure that all of our products were clean, but they were also incredibly effective with high quality ingredients. I think it's critical to find some sort of expert or consultant like we did with someone like Dr. Rusak in the space. But I would say that product development, especially now in COVID days, like things are backed up with raw materials and all of that. I mean, you should expect a really, really long timeline. I mean, I think particularly also in the skincare and the beauty space, it's, it's so crowded. It's so competitive. If you do not have a product that is top notch, that consumers are going to be blown away by it. I mean, it's, 
it's, it's kind of like you're dead in the water. So it's the most crucial part of it. So maybe not three years, but I would say expect to uh, spend a lot of time on it. Expect to spend a lot of time on that, but to actually flip that in the other way is like, yes, you can absolutely go to a skincare lab and white label something and throw your name on it. If that's the approach that you want to take, which like by all means, like mm -hmm. you can, um, but we created custom formulations and partnered with the derm. And like we mentioned, and we were really particular about it, but you absolutely can approach a lab and just be like, I just need like 10 products and I'll slap a label on it, which is a different approach. You could do that too. <laughs> yeah. Walk us through the process of partnering with a dermatologist. So again, you know, thinking about our entrepreneurs who want to either work with an influencer or a doctor when bringing a product to market, how do you identify the right doctor or dermatologist to approach and how do you structure those type of agreements? Yeah, that's a great question. So Dr. Rusak actually was my personal dermatologist. My husband's, uh, my sister-in-law, she is in dermatology sales. So I remember maybe like this was eight or nine years ago at this point, I asked her, I was like, who is the best of the best for my face? So I think, you know, definitely from a reputation perspective. She was someone who was incredibly respected and renowned. And I kind of also had that confirmation, like I said, for my sister-in-law who worked day in and day out with dermatologists. So I think, you know, just through, you know, your own experiences with people who might be in your life, doing that Google research, making sure that they are definitely someone who is respected in, the community. And I think in terms of, um, you know, structuring those agreements, finding the right person, I think number one, it, it definitely foundation is like, you guys are aligned from like a values perspective. You know, Dr. Rusak, she really loved and believed in what we were creating really around kind of creating a more simple routine. She said, that's the number one issue with my patients. They come in with irritated skin and they're like, but I'm using 12 different products. I don't know why this is happening. You know, she definitely is also someone who really focuses on high quality ingredients and has that knowledge and experience. So finding a partner who really aligns with the values of your business that it very clearly, you know, resonates with them as well. And then, I mean, in terms of the agreement, I think base level, actually, what a lot of people don't realize is you should 100% like have something on paper and you should be the one coming to the table with saying, hey, here's what we're thinking about and here are our expectations from you. I think that's um, really important and a lot of people don't think about that and they're like, oh, let's just do this verbally and it's good faith and like we hope you'll help us. Um, but I think it's really important to be very clear about what you want to expect from that partner, especially if they're gonna be so involved in your business. I think Emily can maybe, especially because she's an influencer herself, speak mm -hmm. to that side of things. Yeah, I think like having real transparency around like what your expectations are out of each other. But also I think when you're choosing a partner, like even with Christine and I, with Dr. Rusak, you have to be aligned in terms of like, is this person going to be a true partner? Do you want a consultant derm? You could just get someone who could just be like, 
yeah, it looks good. Like uh, no problems or issues here. You know, but we knew with Dr. Rusak that we were going to be leaning on her heavily in terms of the ingredients and what she was hearing from patients and what people were craving out of their routines and what should we be looking at? What studies should we be looking at in terms of new ingredients? Like she is just so knowledgeable and it's much more than a consulting derm, right? But I have been approached for deals as an influencer where they're like, oh, we just want you to post like three times and this is what you get. And I'm like, well, we're not really aligned here. I don't even know if I love the product. I don't even know you guys. Like you have to really be aligned and choose a partner that wants to really get into the thick of it with you and cares about your product, cares about you and is genuinely invested, which Dr. Rusak definitely was mm -hmm. with us and us with her as well, because we would, we live, breathe, die by anything she says. Once you were finally ready to launch the product, what was your launch strategy? And what, when did you launch it? Well, I think we're both laughing because it's like the Twitch is coming back. Uh, <laughs> right. I think about that. I mean, it's so funny because Emily and I, one of our favorite things to do is go on power walks together and we would just agonize over like what our launch strategy was going to be, especially because we launched in March of this year. So it was in the midst of COVID. So like that kind of launch playbook was absolutely like thrown out the window in terms of like, there's nothing we could really do in person. You can't really create that like geographic in-person moment. So for us, it was going to be completely digital and social based. So our number one priority was how do we create that moment socially? And I think I'll let Emily kind of provide some context around that because she really led that. Yeah, I just remember for me from a social perspective and you guys will understand this, like I was just like, I couldn't picture what it was going to look like. Like what is the post, the first one, the second one, the third one. But in terms of like getting into the nitty gritty of what we did, we teased for three days and like mm -hmm. on our actual Covey profile. And we also, I kind of think about it in a flywheel. We had the social aspect, then we had influencers, right? We absolutely knew that we wanted to engage with influencers. We hired PR, you know, we had a Rolodex. I had been keeping a list of every influencer I had ever interacted with over the last like three years in a Google sheet. That sounds creepy and it is. But it worked because I had this massive <laughs> list of people that I was like, I know we kind of tiered out who we were going to send the product to, which days, which weeks. We wanted that to kind of roll out in a very specific way. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, our press and PR, we wanted that kind of to come out as well, just for credibility and to have editors trying things through the social, the influencers you know, the press and PR. And then we also did a virtual event with influencers where I just invited them to a Zoom. And I was just like, listen, guys, here's the calendar invite. I just want to share my products with you. No pressure to post or do anything. This is just an exciting thing I want to share with you. And luckily people showed up and they were just so excited. And we had so much social engagement and got so much love those first like initial yeah. and continue to, but I just felt like people were just over and beyond supportive. Well, I think that the timeline piece was actually really important. And I mean, I, that was, I think our biggest insight after the fact was that as Emily was saying, we were very much, it was having everything timed, pushing our PR and our press as much as possible. How do we make sure that that's going to happen in the same week that all these influencers like even being like okay this is two-day shipping so everyone will receive it on tuesday wednesday friday and really thinking about those granular details and trying to time it out because that's how you can really create a social digital moment if you kind of 
condensed things or you are very timed with like then someone's online they see your article then they go on instagram and then they see you on their feed by four different influencers so that would be i think by our biggest insight and biggest learning so was there anything that did not go according to plan when you launched that you were surprised about Mm. or anything you wish you did differently now looking back knowing what you know now I like can't think. <laughs> it's like everything went perfectly. Everything went perfectly. <laughs> it really did roll out. Wow. Yeah, it did. It did. I mean, we we did have like so many people, like you know, for, it's actually some people from the entrepreneurista community, Stephanie as well, who reached out to me and they were like, "Your." launch like i just saw it everywhere who did you work with how did you execute that i think we really did like put such an emphasis on making sure that that went right that there really wasn't anything that i think from an expectation perspective that we expected it and it didn't happen i think my only thing that i would say that probably it would have been a miss but we kind of realized it was going to be a miss and addressed it sooner was around the PR front. A lot of times they can be like, hey, you know, we don't really know when the article is going to come out and we can only do our best with the editors. Like maybe it'll get published, maybe it won't. And I think leading up to our launch, we were like, it's, it's very critical. We need at least like two big publications that are authorities in the skincare space we need some sort of guarantee that that is going to happen. And so I think like pushing that beforehand, we kind of weren't, we were like, oh yeah, it's going to happen. And then we were kind of like, wait, maybe is it going to happen? So I guess it did happen for us, but I think that is just a general important piece of advice around uh, PR. I think something that we see now, especially with, with PR, because obviously, you know, there's so much content that's out there and it's hard to, you know, cut through the, the noise and the clutter, but when you have a press piece and then you can just take that press piece, even coming from your account and run ads against it. So it gives you that credibility, but it's running from you, not necessarily from the media platform. We see that just perform so well on social for brands. Is that what you have found has worked well for you too? Actually, what's really worked well for us from like a a paid creative perspective, I would say is more actually like more of the user generated authentic content. Totally. You know, we've seen even just, I mean, whether it's Emily or we're featuring other people that 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 seems to be what really resonates. I think in particular with skincare and probably with beauty as well, people actually like don't wanna see like a super glossy produced version. They're like, I want to make sure that this is real, that this is a product that is actually that actually works. And I can like see myself reflected in that person using the product. What would you say sets Kobe apart from other skincare brands? Yeah, I mean, I would say that the main thing that sets Covey apart is that we really see ourselves as a routine-based business. 
we found that so many people, especially during the pandemic, but even before that, were really leaning into their routines. It makes people feel grounded. It makes people feel good about themselves. But skincare had reached this moment where there were so many products. Everyone was becoming their own chemist and their own germ. And there was so much skincare content out there. And people were genuinely, and we found this, because Christina and I did so much research on you know, forums like skincare addiction on Reddit, we were on Twitter, we were deep in the weeds in my comments on social. And we just kept seeing these questions pop up, like what products do I actually need? Do they work together? I don't understand the order I'm supposed to need my products in. So we really felt like taking the guesswork out of creating a skincare routine and kind of giving that gift back to people. Like we did the work, we did the research, we took the time, here's your routine. It will work across all skin types, no matter where you're coming from or your age or your background or ethnicity. Um, so I think really seeing us as a routines-based skincare company that works across all skin types is where I see heavy kind of different because a lot of brands, you know, they launch with one product, that's always exciting, or they launch with many, many products. Even for myself, I get gifted so many different things. I have no idea where sometimes these products are meant to fit into my routine and what they do where they go, and especially now that we launch Covey, I'm not spending the time figuring it out. I'm just like, forget it. So a lot of our entrepreneurs who are thinking about launching a business or in the process of, of launching right now, they are also figuring out their strategy for fundraising and being able to, you know, afford to start their business. Can you share if you bootstrapped your business, if you raised money and how you went about the process of figuring out how you would afford to launch this business? Yes. I mean, we, Emily and I did bootstrap the business. And I think also, you know, it's somewhat of a misconception in being an entrepreneur. It's why, you know, I continued to work. I have used my Google stock and my 12 years of working in a profitable company to be able to continue to fund this business. So Emily and I initially for the past three and a half years have bootstrapped it. We just recently closed uh, a very small strategic raise, which is the first time that we we took outside money. And for us, it was less about, it's not that we necessarily needed the money or the capital, but we wanted to, at this point, kind of where the business we're at, was at, make sure that we were bringing in people who were really strategic, that had a lot of direct-to-consumer experience, that had skincare, beauty experience, and who would be financially and personally invested in us and really help us get to the next level. How did you go about the process of putting that round together? Did you work with an attorney to help you put together the documents and figure out your valuation? What was that process like? Yes, we did. We did work with an attorney. We actually did a safe agreement, which is very popular in the startup world. It stands for believe it's a simple agreement for like future equity because it is like just you know very easy to kind of get people to come on it's the most seamless process and you do not have to put a valuation on the company oftentimes that's where a lot of entrepreneurs get stuck is because you kind of put that valuation out there and if someone disagrees with it they're out the door immediately so i think doing that safe agreement was really advantageous for us uh, in general and also lowering the barrier and also the pushback from uh, investors and then i think you know we really tapped into our personal networks for across myself my husband's emily her husband who's in the private equity space and also our chief growth officer now i think that 
oftentimes you underestimate actually how powerful or valuable your network might be. But when you actually sit down and you're, uh, you know, looking to raise money, I think a lot of people would really surprise themselves about who's kind of in their network, who could be valuable. So that's what I would say about that. Yeah. And also, I mean, for myself, I was cold DMing certain people, not because again, like Christina said, not because we needed the capital. It was just like, you know, we had kind of a dream list of people that we wanted involved in the business. So neither of us are afraid to kind of reach out to people and say, Hey, we admire you, especially other female founders and say, we really admire you. We would love to find a way to get you involved. Even if we just take a little bit of your time to share about the business. So don't be afraid to reach out and find a way to get to people and get creative. And also for, for everyone that you do reach out to, I think we always tried as well to say, you know, if there's anyone else, this is, we would say at the end of the meeting, this is the profile of who we're looking for. If you know anyone else in your network who you think would be interested, who would be excited about this, let us know. I think that's like a key thing that a lot of people also don't do at the end. And then that's how you keep kind of flywheeling and you get another intro from there versus just locking in that one person. Then you can tap into their network as well. Can you share how much you raised and how long did it take to raise the money? Because I know the process can be quite daunting sometimes. <laughs> yeah, so we, we did not take any VC or institutional money. And like I said, for us, our goal is that we, we want to very much grow Covey in a methodical, profitable way. So we did not want that pressure to have to grow very quickly. Um, and so for us, we raised uh, 1.5 million. And I would say that it took us about probably between two to three weeks. That's, that's amazing. Congratulations. What is the ultimate vision for Covey? Where do you want to see the brand in the next five to 10 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, today Covey is a three-step routine. We're direct to consumer. We're only in the US. So I think for Christina and I, of course, we have other products that we would love to launch that we're currently working on. We would love to be in a dream retailer to expand internationally. But I also think, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, we really do see us being a routines-based business. So that could expand and we would love for it to expand into other categories at some point. That's like the big picture dream vision for us. But I think in the next like five to 10 years, it's really just, you know, expanding internationally, getting into the right retailer and, you know, growing our business and our brand and getting Covey into other people's houses. How big is your team right now? We're, we're very lean, but strong team, as I like to say. So you have Emily and myself as the co-founders. And then we also have Nell, who we brought on full-time, who's our chief growth officer. And then we have Kendra, who's really, God bless her. She's a jack of all trades. You know, she supports me on like everything from operations to customer service to product development. She supports Emily on like content creation, influencer management. So she kind of really works across all three of us. But we are, you know, really the, the core team at, at Covey. And then we basically kind of bring in partners, various other agencies to support us when it comes to PR, marketing, et cetera. I think that for us, like it's important for right now for us, it it is a relatively low overhead business and kind of bring in partners versus like focusing on having to grow our full-time core team too soon. Was Nell your first hire? 
she was. How did yeah. you find, how did you find her? How did she find you? So we posted about the job um, on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and some business school sites. Yes. And then I think actually you posted about it on your social as well. Mm-hmm. And that I'm pretty sure that that's how she came to us. Yes. And Nell was so funny because she got to us and in general, what a great way to get the job that you want. Multiple people were like, oh, our friend Nell has applied for the job. She wants the job. She DM'd me, was like, I applied for the job. I want the job. (laughs) She came at it from every single angle. So if anyone out there is looking for a job, she was like, I want in. And that's how we also knew she was the right person because she was just, you could tell she wanted it and she loved the product and loved the business. And she's so smart and so clever. So it was perfect. I didn't slide into the DMs. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, afraid. That's the moral of this whole episode. Just DM people. And we did do like a formal case study process, actually, you know, which I think is like, you would think that's more common in the finance banking consulting world. But for us, that's, that's how we assess our candidates. We did put together, like, we want you to present a case study, whole presentation. Um, and Nels was, I mean, we had to play it cool, like in the interview with her, like she showed us her deck and it was like, perfectly branded her ideas were incredible and we were like ah yes and we were like but we have a question (laughs) (laughs) and then afterwards I was like we need to use this as our business plan actually moving forward (laughs) so she was hired day one (laughs) day day one they got the job when did she join the team she joined the team in late May Do you have any recommendations for business tools and solutions that you've been using to keep the team together, especially since I assume you're mostly working remotely right now with your team and other agencies? Yes. Well, Emily and I, because we always find new ways to just up-level our friendship, our buildings in New York City, we moved into Emily and her husband's old building, which is right literally directly next door. We share Whole Foods underneath. So Emily and I are less than 300 feet apart from each other on a daily basis. Um, But Nell is kind of more so in the West Village. So what we try and do is like at least once a month, we definitely try and have a dinner. And then we just started doing this thing where on certain like we have a goal of one to two Fridays a month where we all kind of do a working session at one of our apartments as well. So but then I think other than that, like for better or for worse, listen, we are constantly and it's also a startup business connected when it comes to I mean between now Emily and I I've probably got four texts in a group chat with her and then like five dms on Instagram so we are just like in constant communication in all different forms yeah it's like the dms because we're always forwarding each other like what other brands are doing and what we're interested in and then of course we have syncs three times four times a week yeah but also almost after every single call we have a group face yeah thank god nell is okay with that because like it's just constant because we're like that we facetime yeah. each other and are fine with that but nell is as well <laughs> <laughs> now that you're seven months into your launch or maybe eight months, uh, what would you say is the current biggest business challenge? I would say like, you know, we had an amazing launch and what's been really nice is like, we had a lot of growth and got a lot of exposure and PR and social love organically over the last couple of months. And now it's just like kind of choosing the right partners for us Mm -hmm. to grow with. So we just raised money 
And now we're like, okay, we're at this point where we're still small and we're still baby, but we see ourselves and the vision is much bigger. So who's the right partner to choose? Who's not too big for us is going to be the right size, but is also going to kind of like grow with us and bring up, bring the brand to, I think, where it, where we see it going, but still understanding that we're still small, you know? That's very well said. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is our number one priority right now, especially since we did just kind of have this infusion of, of investment is who are the right partners that are going to help us get to the next level across all the core facets of the business, product, paid media, PR, focusing on retention strategies, like building out referral programs, improving our website. So I would say that that's, that is exactly our biggest challenge and number one priority right now. Well, I know you are uh, having conversations with the Social Fly team. And as you know, at Social Fly, our mission is to set a new standard for how brands reach and resonate with women audiences. Do you have any insights you can share that you've learned over the past six months about your audience and what they like? Absolutely. I would say that the what we found with Covey is, as Emily said, like our our differentiation is that we are a ready to go, foolproof, clean skincare routine. So we found that the Covey audience, she tends to be, I would say our range is like 25 to 40, but our sweet spot is kind of in the 30s. Um, And she's either like a busy professional or she's a busy mom. It's someone who's, they've got a lot happening in their lives, whether it's professionally or personally. And so they really appreciate and are looking for something that is simple and ready to go. They're like, listen, I do not pride myself on being my own chemist, on experimenting and figuring out what's going to work. So I would say that that's who we're really seeing the core heavy customer. All right, ladies, we're going to do a few rapid fire questions. So the first thing that comes to your mind, are you ready? Yeah. All right. Christina, describe Emily in three words. Oh, selfless, giving, and kind of it. And then Emily, same question to you for Christina. (laughs) Oh oh my God. Enthusiastic. Sometimes I have to tell her like, you're too enthusiastic. (laughs) So much of your energy away to people. Enthusiastic, organized, and caring. And this question is for both of you. If you could learn one new skill, what would it be? Uh, like Facebook manager, ads manager. Facebook ads manager. <laughs> that is a good one. I will tell you that. <laughs> if I, if you could master that, one yes. of us could. Yes. <laughs> yes. I think if I could learn one new skill, and I, I definitely think I, I made this mistake in college. I mean, I enrolled in finance three times in college and each time I was like, you know what? Nope, I'm good. I'm backing out of this. And I do wish that I had uh, stayed a little bit more committed to it, but it's all about complementary skill sets. And that's why we have Nell who has a banking background and she's phenomenal at it. It's good to have those opposite skill sets. All right, Emily, where is your happy place? My happy place, honestly, is like at home by myself. (laughs) I'm quite introverted in a way. And when I say introverted, meaning like that's how I recharge is like being alone and kind of just being able to putz and 
just have my own space and not have a schedule or meetings or a calendar. Um, so I would say just at home and spending time alone. <laughs> I was going to answer that for you. <laughs> I would actually say my happy place and I had the opportunity I was very lucky to spend a lot of time in Florida where my my parents still live and there was something that was just like very grounding and peaceful about that and whenever I just go home it is like a very kind of rooting calm experience for me what app on your phones can you not live without Professionally, I would say my calendar, but personally, right now, I would say TikTok because I'm just addicted. Yeah. I mean, there's no way I could live without my Gmail app or my calendar, which I'm sure you can imagine. I have three calendars synced at all times, as well as emails. I have my personal, I have my cubby, and then I have my work. So there's a lot happening there. They're all different color codes as well. <laughs> and then I would say to Emily as well, I think personally, yeah, I definitely, TikTok is really taking taking over our lives. mutually. <laughs> it can definitely become an addiction. Well, that's all for our rapid fire questions. We're going to go back to our regularly scheduled programming now. <laughs> you guys did great. So... You both are currently pregnant. I don't think we've ever talked to two co-founders who have been pregnant at the same time. So first of all, congratulations. Thank you. As I, as I said before, we love to be trailblazers. So here we <laughs> Yes, there's definitely, I'm sure, a lot of content you could be creating together about that for sure. Tell us a little bit about like how you're planning ahead now for, you know, potentially taking time off and, and what that looks like for you and how do you figure that out? Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to what I was saying earlier is like, luckily, we are kind of in this place where we just raised money. And we're like, okay, who are going to be our partners, not just to get us through this stretch of time, but meaning like a time where Christine and I are pregnant, but who's going to take us all the way to where we see the brand going. So I think right now, it's just finding those right partners, whether they be agencies or freelancers. And we have some time in between both of when we're going to give birth. So I think we're really just organizing our time and our partners and figuring yeah. it out like that. Yeah. I mean, Emily's due in December 4th, mm-hmm. the ending day now. I'm due in, in kind of mid to early March. So I also think, uh, listen, we did to to a certain extent, you know, we were like, all right, I can't have due dates at the exact same time. <laughs> <laughs> we got to have like a little bit of separation. So I think it'll be good because I also think that that's what Emily and I, it's so special about our business relationship and our friendship as well as really stepping up for one another. We've done that throughout the course of the business. There have been many times where kind of I've come in, it's, it's like any normal relationship. It's not always 50-50. Sometimes it's 90-10, sometimes it's 70-30. So of course, you know, I'm kind of prepared also when, when Emily will be taking her time to step up and help with partners in kind of her area of the business and pulling together with Nell. And I have no doubt that when my time comes that her Nell will do the same for me. First child for both, correct? Correct. Yes. So you can also learn together as well. So that's definitely very, very special. Yes, it, it, it really is. And she's having a girl and I'm having a boy, so they can get married one day. Oh, oh, my, yeah. gosh. oh my gosh. They have to get married. 
<laughs> I love that. So yeah. And he'll need like an older, more mature woman, you know, since she'll be like a few months older than him too. So it'll be great. She That's so right. perfect. Well, I can give you both a whole list of all of the Instagram accounts I follow that I've learned everything about parenting from. <laughs> Please. So I will definitely send that your way. Is there a mantra or quote that you each live your life by or that defines your, your work ethic? I feel like my mantra changes over time, but I feel like momentum is so important with my, myself personally, and also with a business. So every day I'm like, as long as I'm pushing things forward and like inching things forward, that's a success. Cause I feel like sometimes with the business, you can feel like there's a thousand things that I need to be doing. I get like analysis paralysis where I'm like, how about let's do none of them because now I'm exhausted. But every day I'm like, as long as I'm moving a few things forward every single day, that's what matters. I think mine, and it's one of the most important I think things that I learned in starting a business with Covey is the importance of resilience. And I think there's a fine line between being resilient and being like, oh, you can do it all, you know, and you can do all these things. Because I think that there are a lot of times where I consistently, there's a lot that I'm juggling as is, and it's about kind of evaluating, okay, where should I pull back for, for myself? you know, in order to remain resilient, to have that strength and be reflective. So I think that that's something definitely as of right now between pregnancy, Covey kind of managing still uh, somewhat of a full-time job that uh, kind of that resilience and reflection is my mantra. And what are you grateful for each day? Oh, I mean, I'm grateful for my family, for my husband, for my health. Um, and really like, I'm thankful for the incredible female friendships that I have in my life and that I've had the opportunity to start and have this experience in life with Cubby. My answer is the same. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Emily and I, I think we, we are like literally, I think we are the first people every single day to text each other when we wake up the other day, I didn't respond to her for like an hour and a half because I had a little bit of a sugar morning. And she was like, I thought something was seriously wrong. And she was like, please never do that again. <laughs> I, hit her in the DM, I hit her in a text. I was emailing and I got nothing on all three. And I was like, are you just tell me if you're dead? I was like, yeah. <laughs> I was reflecting and reevaluating to come back resilient again. <laughs> you didn't run to her apartment and knock on the door and uh <laughs> Yeah. The other day I was actually like, we like to do also, Emily does this thing where she does the stairs, which is crazy in her building. I started doing that as well. And I got dizzy the other day and I was like, oh my gosh, my husband was out of town. And I was like, if I would have like passed out in the stairwell, like, would anyone even know to come find me? And Emily's like, I would, because you would have not responded to me. And I know you do the stairs. <laughs> So you would have been fine. <laughs> best friends and business partners. It's definitely <laughs> the best. And I tell Courtney all the time, I could not have imagined. I, I know we could not have done this business without each other. And there's something so special about being able to launch and grow a business together as friends. And I cannot wait to continue to see all of the incredible things that you're both going to do. And so honor to be part of your journey and to, to share your story. My last question for both of you is what does being an entrepreneurista mean to each of you? As I was mentioning 
earlier, I think it's about having a certain level of drive and resilience to be able to make things happen. I think there are so many times where I talk to people about Covey and they're just like, I cannot believe like, I, I would love to do something like that. And I think you hear that a lot, but you actually went and you did it and you executed on it. So I think being an entrepreneur to me is about drive, resilience, and then also just that support. You all have built an incredible community of support. That's something that Covey, the word itself, we wanted something that meant community and it's a, a flock of birds that fly together. So I think drive, resilience, and support of other entrepreneurs and women. Yeah, I was gonna say something similar in the sense that it's like being an entrepreneur is being a woman in business and really connecting with other women in business and helping each other and lifting each other up. Absolutely. Well, thank you both so much for sharing your journey and story. And again, we are so excited to be part of it and continue to follow along and share your brand and your progress with our entire entrepreneurship community. Where can everyone find you personally, find Covey, and of course, buy your products? Of course. So you can find us online at www.coveyskin.com. We have a special code for the entrepreneurs, which is entrepreneurista 10 for 10% off site-wide, all of Covey's products. And you can follow us on Instagram at, at Covey and TikTok is at Covey Skin. I cannot wait to go check out your TikTok. So I am doing that <laughs> right when we're done with, uh, right when we're done recording. <laughs> Thank you again so much for being here. I'm Stephanie. And I'm Courtney. And this is the best business meeting we've ever had. Hey, thanks for listening and leaving us a five-star review. We'd really appreciate it. And we'd love to stay in touch with each of you. You can listen to all of our latest episodes at entreprenista.com and connect with us on Instagram at entreprenistas. We'd also love to invite you to join the Entreprenista League, our private membership community for trailblazing women. You can head over to entreprenista.com forward slash the league. We'll see you there. Wishing you a productive week ahead.